Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone. We're back for week four of streaming in place. And as I was telling Tanya before y'all were here, I kind of like breaks my brain that we're already on week four because uh, it feels much longer than that and also shorter than that. At the same time, it's very confusing. Um, yeah. But we are on season two of Lucifer and episode two. Today we have Liar Liar Slutty Dress on Fire, which again was black but and not red. So tears to that. But I think we can agree it was a, a nice outfit. The way it occurred to me this time, I'm getting distracted, but it occurred to me it doesn't it's like a a top and a skirt. It's not actually like a dress. I think. I don't know. Uh, I may, would need to go back and look closer, I think. But anyways, the point remains. This is our first big Trisha Helfer episode, and we are very excited about this here at Streaming Place. So uh, as I think is to be expected, I'm going to throw it to Allison first and uh, to, to say, what did you think of what we got here for, for Mum slash Charlotte? Um, I want you to pretend that you can see and hear me clapping and instead i'm just gonna say clapping this is how i feel <laughs> i was only Tr- teasing you about that <laughs> trisha helfer clap 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 trisha helfer clap 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 like that um <laughs> i really enjoyed this episode i to be honest i wish we had gotten more um of mom i guess now charlotte leaping between bodies um i would have been i would have watched that for a while uh (laughs) but uh, i think it was a really great introduction to the character and all of the um like cognitive dissonance was really great the costuming was great she unsurprisingly was great um yeah i had a lot of fun watching all of that happen (laughs) What about you, Noel? Were you similarly on board for, like, more of mom accidentally, like, getting killed again? I do think that we needed at least one more of that just for, like, a rule of three sort of sort of hit. Because um, while we do get three bodies, we end with Charlotte. And so I think that there just needed to be one more semi-outrageous kind of double death mm-hmm. of, all right, heart attack, I think, or some sort of, like, sudden death on a street then get hit by a car or bus then gunshot wound to the head then another gunshot wound to the head and then we wake up with a um the screwdriver thing in the back of the neck so that we get the red spine half of a red spine to do another bsg call out (laughs) um and so i think that we just needed like one more and i don't know what it is what they could have done but i feel like they could have done something particularly like weird or silly yeah. Um, that would have just like knocked it up just one little notch and it would have been good. Um, but it's still, it's still very entertaining and it's still, like you said, that cognitive dissonance of, but also that single mindedness of, I think both really hit really well of like, where am I? What is going on? But I also know exactly what I need to do or what I want to do anyway. And I think that that's really sort of sums up what we know about Charlotte. Uh, or how whatever we're going to refer to her as going forward hi kitty tail hello um that i think that that i think that that works really really well and i does explain like how she is sort of single-mindedly approaching everything within this episode or at least giving the appearance of being very single-minded about approaching everything in this episode, since, you know, it ends with a big shit-eating grin at Up at God. 
<laughs> I have a pitch for the ludicrous death. And admittedly, this is this would just be in like a fanfic intellectual uh, oh puppy um intellectual idea kind of way <laughs> flap oh uh Grayson just flopped comfortably in the chair and it was adorable listeners <laughs> um anyway it wouldn't work on screen because you wouldn't have really have time to do it but I think it should be somebody falling to their death because their parachute didn't open. And they're so scared about falling to their death that they die of a heart attack. And then she comes to life oh. in the body of the person falling and then is still falling and then dies from the collision. That's yes. that, that's that, my no, pitch. That's exactly what it needs to be. <laughs> oh. That's, they could have done that with some green screen and a big wind fan. Yeah, but that how do you great. convey that someone has died from a heart attack from fr- like there's no way to do that first part of it that's the trouble well maybe if you show the whole fall so like you see them falling and they oh god and they clutch their arm or whatever and then expire and yeah. then their eyes go blue and they look up and they sh- like what 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 oh this seems like a problem and then like looney tunes puff i just went to like uh um the hitchhiker's guide oh what's that will it be my friend <laughs> And then splat. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the and it would have also been a really good like concept of a fall from Grace and Kevin oh, and everything. Look at See? You. See the layers, the layers. We've yeah. got this. <laughs> Marcus says, "I think it would have to be an old person, like one of those people skydiving on their hundredth birthday." Yep, that would work. And yeah, it would fit with the works. theme that they had here of like, maybe mom's not going to be the gorgeous supermodel who's also a really good actress. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's going to be the gorgeous model who's also a really good actress. Um, so let's let's talk a bit about uh, about Trisha Helfer, what she's doing here. She's doing a bit of a voice. It's a bit mannered. Uh, is that working for you guys in this? Like this time, it actually worked a little worse for me than it did the previous time I watched it with like the hindquarters things like it was funny but it it wasn't as funny the last as the last time I watched it so I'm curious if this was just me watching it being nervous about what you guys would think it's like you, when you recommend something to someone and then you listen back to it, like a song or something and you listen back to you like no oh it's terrible uh, why did I think this was funny etc um so maybe I'm just like nitpicking too much was that an issue for you guys at all no I loved it I think um you know, I my assumption is that it'll maybe gradually ease a little bit, um, if nothing else, as she gets more acclimated to living on Earth. And certainly even there are any of the scenes that are more intimate and uh, less centered on comedy, it drops away a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like particularly at the end, it sort of drops away. Um, but it, I think it, it really imbued the, that whole story and her performance with this sort of... Um, sense of the foreign right like she seemed like she was inhabiting somebody else's body like the voice didn't fit the body and i think it did fit the language and that combination was really effective for me um you know some of it obviously was punchlines but if the punchlines are good i'm fine with that and uh in terms of just it even sort of matched up with her movement like she's obviously very graceful but she walked differently she moved her head differently it was very obviously somebody acclimating to an unfamiliar form and an unfamiliar voice and an unfamiliar world i liked it a lot what about you Noel? yeah i think it worked very well um even like kate you mentioned the hindquarters 
Um, and that is a word, that is a phrase choice. I think is really important for mom, who is someone who doesn't really care about this little garage experiment that her husband slash lover slash person who birthed all the other <laughs> angels um, cares about. So the idea that it would just be very clin- like clinical or zoological in terms of referring to hindquarters, I think is one of those instances of that stilted mannered but using the note using the nomenclature that she may have seen like in notes or in diagrams that god just left lying around on the kitchen table because he just wanted to clean up his shit um i think that that is that works for the character because she doesn't have any sense of con context for what any of this is Apart from, oh, this is something that is apparently valued in this based on all the people who propositioned me. <laughs> um, so I think that there's there's degrees of peeling that stuff back. But at the same time, we get it layered in with the whole idea of she's going to buy all the cheese from a value village. Which, by the way, listeners, I don't think that you can buy cheese from a value village. <laughs> um, but she bought all the cheese from one to make cheesy noodles um and 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 to burn (laughs) and yeah and i think that that's again another type of either she's putting on a front that she doesn't know um yeah and lurker says that uh charlotte uses ask couple lines later like it's a word she remembered for other people using about her or from charlotte's brain which would be also an interesting thing is like the sense memory or vernacular memory that charlotte's drawing from um, oh, that just opens up so many concepts that now I want the show to unpack that I'm sure that the show is not interested in unpacking. Uh, so yeah, I think that there's good stuff here, but my big question about all of this is how in the world did she find that 1960s, 1950s commercial on the flat screen? <laughs> I like that they specifically said, she said flat screen as opposed yes. to TV. And she doesn't seem to understand how a cell phone works other than she like kind of poked at it and then went like and there you go away um and that's something that the you know when we're not just seeing her immediately wake up and have to adjust to wherever she is that you can kind of fill in the gaps that she's figured some stuff out in between scenes but when we're very first interacting with her when she's first interacting with lucifer and she hasn't a lot of time to acclimatize yet i like that some of that specificity of word choice and how they're having her engage with everything. Um, <laughs> Lurker says, I mean, when you see something you don't understand, you drown it. And fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, the the other part of, of her stuff that, stuff that I really enjoyed, besides Helfer's performance, and I like what it gives Lucifer to engage with, and Ellis, I think, does a good job here, is I really like what they give Maze here. This was some of the best content that we've gotten for Maze, I think, all show. Uh, were you guys similarly uh, interested in, in, you know, that that new dynamic? Uh, for me, second only to Maze and Trixie. And then, obviously, I also have a tough spot for Maze and Dr. Linda, but that's kind of a different entity. Um, yeah, I really liked it. It, the, it was interesting to see her so sort of enlivened in, like, a like almost a frenetic way, you know, usually when there's been the promise of some kind of punishment or pain or infliction of, you know, harm on someone, um, it seems tantalizing to her. And this was like, Oh God, I don't even really know the right adjective. Definitely heightened and, uh, like a little bit nervy and like a lot of nervous energy was really cool. It was also interesting to see her, um, off balance. That was great. 
And um, uh, as a, like a little tangential detail, um, I love <laughs> the excuse of putting Trisha Helfer in those tiny clothes uh, being that she was just wearing Maze's clothes is great. What's even better is that they just slightly didn't fit because they were slightly too small. Mm-hmm. Um, so they looked even more ridiculous than they did on Maze. Um, just really good costuming. Like, really mm-hmm. g- good, smart costuming. Yeah, I think that the the Maze stuff, I think, is good. I think that that um, Norvinus that you mentioned, Allison, is kind of key because there's... There's sort of an un, there's an uncertainty about what to do, but then there's also that sense of professional pride having a chance to be redeemed. I think in what Maze is excited about here, in that this is the one person I couldn't break, and now they're in a big flesh bag that has all sorts of weak points. I can just keep poking it until things go wrong. So many that that, nerve endings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that that's really sort of. I think that's sort of like what's exciting for Maze in this moment is she gets the chance to not redeem herself, but hit get a new height, basically that was denied to her for a millennia or however long um, Charlotte slash mom was in hell and just get this chance. So I think that that's really sort of interesting in that it represents a professional almost excitement as opposed to a personal one or a sense of, oh, I can react, I can acclimate myself to our new environment. This is a regressive step. And she doesn't even pause for a reflection about her conversations that she's had with Linda that we obviously haven't been privy to, but just that entire concept of, oh, I can do something bad again to a person that I really want to do bad things to. I think it's really interesting and I want to see a conversation about that in conjunction with everything that she's been learning with Linda, even though Charlotte represents a different sort of entity as opposed to a human entity. This is someone who is human, but not human. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there is more coming with that. So I look forward to y'all's thoughts on that. Um, Let's move over to, hmm, let's do Trixie really quickly. Yes. So speaking of Trixie and Maze, um, the first thing I thought when I saw that doll is I was like, oh, God, Trixie was playing with Maze. And then when it was revealed that it was Trixie and they think it's a a tactic of manipulation, I was like, oh, okay. well, it wasn't that Trixie was hanging with Maze and Maze did it. But to me, that was definitely that Trixie's been hanging out with Maze. (laughs) That is intense. Um, You know, I wish there was more of it. I wish it wasn't just the one scene. But how thoughtful of Lucifer to make sure they included the little chocolate cake. (laughs) It was. My thing with that was, it's just like, why are you parenting inside this police interrogation room? That doesn't seem advisable. Um, Ethical, responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Just like... This is, this is, I understand, like, you want to convey a little bit of humor by putting her into an interrogation room, but it seems weird. Um, that aside, I think that, like, everything else about that is just, like, the severity of the doll's defacement is just so good and just so excessive. And then, like you say, the chocolate cake joke that they do one, not one, but two jokes about, basically, I think is just really, really good. Um, that I'm willing to almost look past the weirdness of putting a eight-year-old in an interrogation room. <laughs> I can believe, though, that Chloe would think that was a good idea or that, like, Chloe 
was they were like there was like a a child swap right between Chloe and Dan at at work because one was coming from work where I was going that kind of I can I can get to that part of it and also on just a TV show level they don't want to do it at the house because then it's too similar to the cake moment and it needs to yeah. be you know like I get it but um I also just like the performance from the actor who plays Trixie whose name I forget Scarlett uh, Estevez thank you which she's like I gave her a makeover oops it's like <laughs> Trixie is not a good liar. <laughs> oh, Tanya says it was take your daughter to work day. Fair enough. I can go with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just delightful. Very much enjoy. For me, there's not nearly enough Trixie in the rest of the series. Like, there's not as much Trixie, unless I'm forgetting something, there's not as much Trixie in any of the next seasons as there was in season one. And that makes Boo! sense. Boo! I know. Oh, I know. There's some. That's there's some, disappointing. It's all good, but you know. So let's just like lower those expectations right now. Um, let me see. We had some good stuff with uh, Dr. Linda. Do we want to, you know, touch in with her? And then I feel like we should end with deal because that's like a whole other thing. Well, we also haven't talked about the case of the week. and Oh, um, yeah, there's that. <laughs> and that maybe we could do that quick because the case of the week is pretty boring with a couple of fun touches. I think Tom Ellis has very clearly had a really good time with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scene in the tanning salon in particular, the scene in the tanning salon and any and all business involving cocaine it was like, you are having a good time. Um, but uh, I also think uh, anytime that you've got somebody who's just hanging around who has an incredibly punchable face, odds are that they are probably the person who did it. Um, oh. So shout out to that guy who I've seen in a zillion things who is always the punchable face guy. Eric um, Ladin is that thank guy. You. And, oh, man, his face is just so punchable. So punchable. There's Very a German punchable. word for that. And it's just like, I forget what it is, but there is a specifically a German term for someone whose face you want to punch. I think it's Gefundestite or something like that. It's something, it was on last week tonight, last week. So it's mm-hmm. top of my mind. Anyway, I think it's something like Gefundestite or whatever, but yes, <laughs> a person whose face you want to punch. Extremely punchable face. Um, the scene with the cheese in the parking lot though was great. I mean, it was all like a, a lot of the loose for cases of the week. It was all just an excuse to get to do whatever two or three important scenes um, with whatever's going on with Lucifer in this case, all the stuff with his mom. But uh, the confrontation in the parking lot was pretty great. Watching <laughs> Lucifer stab her with a screwdriver, watching him have all of the answers at the crime scene and no one being suspicious. That was fun. Um so yeah, I, it was fine, but the details around it were really great, I think. Noel, any thoughts on, on the case? Marcus says, oh, punchable with a recognizable face and they have one line, I wonder who the killer might be. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the case of the week is just kind of bleh. I think that for me, the weird joke is um, is that they refer to the other partner who human Charlotte was sleeping with as like Tom Cruise and then they make like a Top Gun Maverick joke. And but in my brain, I immediately went. But wait, are they also making a reference to the firm? Is that how deep this cut is going? Say yes. <laughs> um, it probably was not. I think most people have kind of forgotten about the firm and that Tom Cruise was even in the firm. But still, that's that's where that's the, my big takeaway from that is they made a Tom Cruise joke that maybe or maybe not was not about the firm. Um, i liked that the the distinguishing characteristic was the was the shoe the louboutin Mm -hmm. uh red with the ombre finish and like that you know because yes that would be a very recognizable shoe and i absolutely buy somebody there even if they didn't like 
even if they didn't actually know Charlotte, if they were, like, su- such a low person on the rung that they didn't even interact with, they're just being like, oh, my God, those shoes. Those shoes are amazing. It's, it's got to be Charlotte. Um, so that was fun. Let's go over to Dr. Linda and Amenadiel, because I really liked their scene, and I like, I mean, I, I think that what they're doing so far with Amenadiel has been really well handled. Yeah, thank God he has actual acting to do. Like, yeah. real acting was such a relief to get to see D.B. Woodside do some, like, serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I would say his molting wings are right up there with um, the when we see the wings being raised up um, and Lucifer dying at the end of season one in terms of, like, a really visceral affecting image. They don't do that stuff often, it, but when they do, it's like they really know how to save up for when they want to have a big impact because it was upsetting. It was really upsetting. It was. It, it was really, really upsetting. Like, um, I was just... It's grotesque in a very different way from, like, the wings on display, which has that sort of elegant grotesqueness to it. And this has a very sort of decay organic sort of grotesqueness um to it and it almost like sort of reminds me a little bit of like that that decomposing fox video to a certain degree of like Mm. you don't like it but there's an elegance and a beauty to it anyway because of like the time a lot the time lapse photography and that kind of stuff and just the way in which nature reclaims and i think that that kind of comes through there and the ways in which it's just like kind of gooey um in a a very sort of visceral sense that i really really i i liked um yeah it it looked like it had a smell mm. yes it did look like it had a smell oh allison that's such a good description i like that a lot um it definitely looked like it had a smell yeah how long do you think it's going to take lucifer to figure out that something's going on and not just that amenadiel's ignoring him I feel like it has to be like next week. Like, or yeah. I say next week, but I, I mean like tomorrow. Right. Um, within the next episode, I feel like he has to figure it out because I do like those jokes about him trying to call him and no one picking up. But I like that we also then get like a muffled voiceover transition into the next scene where we can sort of hear Lucifer while Aminadil is going through like texts and stuff before Dr. Linda interrupts him. Um, which both of their scenes are really, really good. I was a little hurt, everyone. I was a little hurt that when she's listing all these like other occupations that he can maybe try out that they did not mention high school principal, we get a bunch <laughs> of intertextual references for Battlestar Galactica, but we haven't managed one Buffy reference yet. I feel like that's a significant failing on the show's part. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Don't know what Woodside's experience was like on Buffy. I know that he's gotten more acting to do in this episode than he yes. did in his season. On yeah, Buffy. no, that's super accurate. But I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and yeah. I feel like probably we've collectively sort of blocked out his role as Principal Wood. Was Principal Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Except for I the haven't. scenes with Eliza Dishku, because because those scenes were actually good. Um, yeah. uh, let me see. And him was fun. He had some stuff in him. Anyways, I'm getting distracted. Marcus says, uh, I like the sight gag of Lucifer just standing in the corner <laughs> praying. It was good. good. Well, and just like, I've got a call. And then he just like goes into the corner and starts praying because <laughs> that's his call. Because he does not have a phone, right? He still doesn't have a phone. No, that's sort of like the joke I made to my partner is now the minute deal has to actually get a job and pay for things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I, I like that. Were you guys surprised that we actually saw his office again? Did you think we were not going to see the office again? Oh, I was surprised. Yeah, I was sure. too. And when 
my partner and I were watching, um, we got to the office and I went, Oh, his office. Like it, yeah, there's no reason for me to be that excited. We've assigned meaning to that office that it doesn't warrant, but it still delighted me. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Well, if anybody who is hanging out in the chat wants to ha- have any has any questions for us or anything they want they want us to touch on, go ahead and, and drop that in the chat. Uh, Lurker says Dr. Linda was surprised by the office too. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, though you know, I'm I'm all for any of like anyone interacting with Dr. Linda is good on my book because again, she doesn't have enough to play yet. Um, that's going to change soon. Not this this week, next week. I don't know. That's going to change before too long. But right now. Now, she's not getting enough to do because there's a lot going on. Um, I'm looking forward. Do you think like what what can you guys imagine what you know how how they could interact with uh, Dr. Linda and Lucifer and Charlotte slash mom? Like I'm waiting for like Dr. Linda has now met Amenadiel and Maze and Chloe, but and, and taken like the brother thing in stride, taken all this thing. How do you think we're gonna get to this is mom and she's you know not that much older than Lucifer is going to go. I'm just imagining all three of them sitting on that tiny sofa together. And I'm enjoying (laughs) that gag a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Trisha Helfer in the middle, taller than both of them. Yes. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just sort of imperious and confused. And yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Lucifer doesn't seem to have a problem or I guess this is interesting. Up until this point, did not seem to have a problem with just being like, no, what? This is this is my actual reality. I, I'm terribly sorry that you don't believe it. I know it seems weird, but this is real. This is what it, my deal is. And this one, though, he because he does the moment where he stabs her with the screwdriver, he seems very conscious of the fact that he has to explain this woman's presence to everyone right like Mm -hmm. he needs to find a way to get her an identity and reason to be on the planet and a relationship to him and to make sure that neither of them looks like they killed anybody and so it'll be interesting to see um i guess interesting to see what happens with dr linda but i'm also interested to see what happens with chloe Mm mm-hmm it's just yeah. also fun to, you know, things that are different than what we've been seeing recently from Lucifer. It's also just fun to watch him have to corral, like, this is our second week in a row where he's trying to shut down potentially suggestive situations and or just closeness. Just being like, leave, please. <laughs> I need you to get away. Mom in a disturbingly hot body needs to go change, please. Why are you naked? Um, and, and just putting him in that context uh, much more than they've done really anything suggestive with him so far this season. feels like a really deliberate choice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point that I'm curious to see the show continue to unpack. Yeah. We will see. Here, here. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that is going to, I think, unless there's anything else you guys had on, on this episode, that's going to wrap up <laughs> Liar, Liar, Slutty, Dress on Fire. I do enjoy these titles quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tomorrow we're going to be back to talk about season two, episode three, which is... Where are Sin we at? Eater. Sin Eater. Ah, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so this is... She said knowingly, steepling her fingers. Yes. Yeah, it's... Well, yeah. That's, yeah, it's fine. 
It, you know, <laughs> no, there's okay. a well. There's a later. There's a later thing that where Sin Eater comes back, but they, it's like they're like, don't remember that we use that as an episode title in season two. It's not because it's, it's not related. Um, but anyway, so, so no, I look forward to y'all's thoughts about this one tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Lurker and to Marcus and to Tanya for hanging out in the chat today, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thank you.